Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And this episode, I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite films. And uh, without further ado, uh, the film I'm going to be talking about today is the 1990-1991 British fantasy drama film, Truly, Madly, Deeply which was uh, written and directed by the, the late, great uh, Anthony Minghella, who you may know as the award-winning uh, uh, director of uh, The English Patient, uh, also the, the film The Talented Mr. Ripley. And uh, he was a wonderful director, uh, phenomenally talented. Um, but unfortunately, um, he uh, died in 2008, at the age of 54, um, following uh, complications as a result of a uh, an operation that he was having to remove some cancer from uh, his tonsils and his neck, and um, what a what an incredible loss uh, because he was a wonderful storyteller, a wonderful director, and. Um, to me, there is no better film that really shows just how great of a director he was than his first film, uh, which was Truly, Madly, Deeply, uh, which stars uh, Juliet Stevenson as the character Nina, uh, and also uh, the late, great Alan Rickman, uh, who plays the character of uh, Jamie. And Alan Rickman... Uh, again, a truly incredible talent, uh, best known uh, for some of the, the great uh, great characters in, in film history, such as Hans Gruber in Die Hard, the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, um, as a Colonel Brandon in Sense and Sensibility, um, and also, of course, as the, the character of uh, Severus Snape in the Harry Potter series of films. And uh, just like Anthony Miguela, he was an incredible, uh, incredible talent, incredible actor. So uh, well-spoken, so thoughtful. And um, unfortunately, um, Alan Rickman died in 2016 at uh, the age of 69. And um, his loss is one that uh, a lot of people who were fans of his and who were friends of his um, feel deeply. Um, unfortunately, Alan Rickman died uh, um, back in 2016, uh, six weeks before his 70th birthday. Um, and in, back in 2015, 
he had suffered a minor stroke which led to uh, the diagnosis that he had pancreatic cancer um, and as I say his loss is um, is heartbreaking because he was a phenomenal actor and the role that he plays in Truly Manly Deeply is heartbreaking as well because the character that he plays in Truly Manly Deeply is that of Jamie uh, who was a cellist um, but uh, who uh, unfortunately died um, he uh, complained of a sore throat one day um, and then subsequently stopped breathing um, and died um, and he couldn't be resuscitated and he left behind uh, his girlfriend Nina who is an interpreter um, and he works at a an agency uh, uh, where people go to uh, when they need someone to interpret uh, what they're saying um, and when we first meet Nina she is absolutely beside herself with grief uh, because of the recent death of uh, her boyfriend Jamie and um, every day she even though she struggles because she's uh, Jamie is no longer with her she still feels like even though he's not there in body he's still there in spirit and uh, mind uh, and she constantly feels as if Jamie is talking to her um, even sometimes in a uh, speaking Spanish to her uh, which she appreciates because as I say she's uh, an interpreter but Nina is definitely struggling when we first meet her um, on the verge of despair um, when she goes to see her therapist uh, Dr Burge uh, who's played by the actress Jenny Howe she she brings into puts into words just how much she misses him and uh, how much she loves him and she just can't get over losing him and it's very hard for her she can't imagine moving on um, even in her flat uh, she still keeps Jamie's uh, cello on display so that she can look to it uh, every now and again and remember Jamie and uh, even when she's in her flat on her own and playing the piano um, she can almost hear Jamie playing the cello in the background just as he used to do when uh, he was alive um, in fact on the, the day that they, they met and they went back to Nina's flat and she was playing on the piano and he was playing his cello and they uh, played a duet together um, and though and even though he's he's gone uh, Nina still talks to him and feels like Jamie is talking back to her and um, she's doing the best she can but um, she misses him she misses him truly madly and deeply because she loved him truly madly and deeply in many ways um, and that's why it's it's hard for her um, and even her flat where she lives is 
seemingly falling around, falling down around her. She, the kitchen cupboards uh, of her kitchen won't shut, um, so she has to get in a, uh, a a former client of hers from the uh, um, the agency. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, by the name of Titus, uh, who comes around to to uh, do some odd jobs for, for Nina who uh, has a uh, an affection for Nina who even uh, tells Nina that uh, he loves her at one point in the film and that he wants to be with her and he wants to take her away somewhere um, and something else that uh, Nina is plagued with is uh, there seems to be uh, a, a family of rats or an infestation of rats uh, in her flats that she's trying to get rid of and um, she's uh, sought the assistance of uh, George uh, who's played by the character uh, played by the actor David uh, Real um, and um, and uh, yeah she's also visited by uh, her um, her frost uh, her her boss, uh, her friend, um, Sandy, uh, who's played by Bill P- uh, Patterson, um, and these um, friends of hers come round every now and again, and they realise that she's a, a, a wonderful person, um, but she's she's living um, uh, she's living in a, in a world. Um, in existence where she's they know that she's just unable to move on because of because of Jamie because even though he's no longer alive he he, she feels like he's still there with her and she still loves him and she can't just let go of him that easily Um, and then even though she she goes to work and she tries to uh, be, do the job of a, of a of a translator and interpreter as well as she can, um, the, the thought of not living with Jamie, living without him, is intolerable. And uh, because there are so many things in her flat that remind her of Jamie, she has a black and white photograph of Jamie on the wall, she has his cello as I said, so Jamie is constantly uh, in her thoughts and on her mind and uh, um, it's seemingly impossible for her to ever think that she could ever move on uh, from Jamie and then one day um, Nina is visited by her sister Claire uh, who's played by uh, Deborah Finlay um, who uh, remarks about the uh, the condition of Nina's flat um, and the, the problems that uh, she seems to be having um, and they're talking one day uh, while uh, uh, Claire's son is there Harry uh, who's played by Ian Hawkes, and uh, they remark that uh, Harry is uh, learning to play the cello, 
and um, they they ask Nina um, uh, if Harry may um, use Jamie's cello uh, since he's not using it and because um, even though Harry's currently uh, um, renting one now um, he will need his own at some point and they were just wondering if Nina would lend uh, Harry uh, who is Nina's uh, nephew uh, Jamie's cello and this uh, really hits Nina hard um, the fact that uh, they're even suggesting that anybody could play uh, Jamie's cello but Jamie um, causes Nina to get angry and say of course not that they know they can't use it um, because that's the only thing left that she has of Jamie's that really connects her to Jamie and she can't ever ever foresee giving it away or not being uh, close to Jamie's cello and then one night um, well depressed and missing Jamie Nina sits down at her piano and starts playing and as she plays in in the background she hears the sound of a cello playing as if in a duet with her as if it was Jamie and just as uh, Nina um, starts to finish playing in a flood of tears she suddenly turns to look behind her and there she sees Jamie who has seemingly reappeared and who has come back to life uh, as a ghost and of course Nina is shocked and unable to put into words what she wants to say or what she what has happened or in though even though she's she's happy beyond compare she is surprised and she can't believe what has happened but it is truly Jamie and uh uh, Nina asks Jamie where he's been, how he's come back, um, if you're going to stay, and he he asks, well, I would like to stay if if that's okay, and she says, yes, of course, that's okay, and and they spend their time, an entire week, in fact, more or less, getting to know each other again after so long um, of not seeing one another. Um, and they they talk to one another they tell each other how much they truly madly and deeply love one another um, but something that uh, Jamie continuously does is uh, remark about how cold it is in the uh, in the flat constantly turning up the, the central heating so that it is really warm there 
in, in there and uh, this irritates uh, Nina a little because to her it's too hot to handle um, but uh, Jamie's constantly complaining that it's cold that he, he's constantly sneezing as if he has a cold um, and after a week uh, Nina uh, who is of course ecstatic and happy that Jamie has seemingly returned to her she returns to work and um, she uh, she's reunited with uh, Sandy her boss and also with her friend uh, Maura who's played by Stella Maris um, who is one of uh, Nina's uh, students um, who she's uh, trying to teach to speak English uh, and I think she's from I think she was from South America if I'm not mistaken uh, or Spain um, but she speaks Spanish um, but in any case um, Nina is happy um, however she has a, a shocking moment when she goes to a cafe with uh, Maura and um, the uh, one of the people at the, the cafe um, that the owner of the, the, the cafe starts bemoaning about um, immigrants coming into the country uh, and taking people's jobs and basically complaining about um, about uh, immigrants in in the country um, and this is when Nina meets the character of Mark who's played by uh, Michael Maloney and um, he uh, shows that he has a uh, a skill at um, at uh, magic uh, he um, makes a, uh, a a dove appear uh, from seemingly out of nowhere and um this impresses Nina straight away, um, and of course they're they're still strangers to one another. Um, but uh, and even when they leave the the, the cafe, uh, Mark offers both uh, Nina and Mora a, a lift home in his car, but uh, they decline his um, his uh, generous offer. Um, and uh, then Mark and Nina part ways, and Nina goes home to um, be with Jamie um, and uh, every time someone comes around to the flat to try and see if she's okay or if she needs anything done in the flat um, she constantly has to um, attempt to make them go away because uh, she doesn't know what the react what people's reaction would be if they discovered that Jamie was still around because even though he can um, disappear whenever he wants to uh, and go somewhere so he can uh, not be seen by anybody else but uh, Nina um, but from the moment that Jamie arrived uh, Nina's rap problem seemed to have uh, uh, gone away um, so uh, seemingly uh, because of Jamie's influence perhaps um, and then as time goes on 
um, Jamie um, uh, starts to show moments where he is uh, purposefully annoying Nina. He uh, um, wakes her up one morning and uh, spills a, a drop of water on her face. Uh, he um, he goes into the bathroom while she's taking a bath and uh, he annoys her slightly there when she wants some time alone. Um, and he also reveals that he's invited some of his ghost friends round to her flat so that they could watch uh, some movies on her television. Um, so this uh, infuriates Nina as well. Um, and slowly but surely we can see that uh, Jamie and Nina's relationship is um, is not as it was or uh, potentially it may never have been what Nina thought it was and um, something that Jamie also does is that he moves the furniture around uh, Nina's flat um, he also takes up one of the uh, the carpets in her flat um, and it's a carpet that Nina was actually very fond of and all of these little things that he does he uh, he's doing so purposefully but of course Nina doesn't realize this um, uh, until the end really uh, or she may never have known what uh, what Jamie was doing because what Jamie was doing really was and the reason why he came back was to try and help Nina move on from him because for so long Nina had this uh, rose colored glasses view of uh, of Jamie um, and that there she potentially had a an opinion that their um, relationship was perfect but Perhaps it wasn't as perfect and amazing as as as, it, as, it, as she remembers it to be. And she asks him at one point, "Were we like this?" But they're talking about how they they both annoy one another now. Um, and she asks him, "Was it always like this? Did we annoy each other back then as well?" And she also reveals that when after she met Jamie, she changed she started liking different things she uh, redirect redecorated her flat to Jamie's taste she put certain things in the 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 boot of her car so that Jamie wouldn't see them because she knew that he didn't approve so she changed a lot for Jamie after she met him uh, because she was so bowled over by him uh, and because she loved him so she wanted to make those sacrifices for him. Um, but yeah, so their their relationship deteriorates, and even more so after Nina um, seemingly randomly sees Mark again uh, when he's getting our 
getting uh, off a bus with some um, uh, some uh, 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 young adults with um, learning disabilities, uh, some with uh, Down syndrome, uh, because it's revealed that Mark is actually a, a psychologist uh, who works with these um, uh, mentally challenged uh, people. Um, he's very giving, very uh, loving. Um, he has a, a child from a, a previous relationship, um, but uh, he's uh, a very kind person, and this is something that uh, Nina uh, realizes quite quickly. Um, Nina is actually getting onto the bus uh, that um, Mark is getting off of at the time, and um, he says to her, would you like to meet up at some point? And she instantly says yes, uh, but uh, he realises that he doesn't even know, uh, she doesn't even know who he who he is, what his last name is, or what his phone number is, so he hurriedly writes his phone number on her hand, because they don't have any paper, they only have a, uh, a pen, um, and uh, she calls him, and uh, they set up uh, a date to to meet, um, and seemingly Nina has, uh, has some attraction, some affection for Mark, um, but she's terribly uh, torn because she still loves Jamie and Jamie is still there um, in her life even though he's now a ghost, but she definitely feels something for, um, for Mark. Um, but it, after um, she gets a phone call from uh, her friend Maura, uh, who is going into labour at that moment, she's about to give birth, um, and she goes, she rushes to the hospital to assist, to be there for Maura, because Maura is a, a single parent, she doesn't know who the father is of her child. Um, even though the character of Titus had uh, declared to her that uh, he loved her just as he had done to, to Nina earlier in the film and what Nina admits to Jamie when they're talking is that when she was holding Maura's baby this new life uh, into the world she realised that um this is what she wanted. She wanted a new life, um, and that she wanted to finally move on and leave Jamie behind her, even though she still loved him. and And he asks, "Do you want me to go?" And she says, "No, of course not." But uh, Jamie knows that uh, she has to move on and that's the reason why he came back to he, that's the why he did all the things that he did to seemingly annoy her so that she would choose to move on from him and uh, of 
course she'll she'll never forget Jamie. She'll always love him in some way. But right at the end of the film, uh, we see Nina calling um, Mark to come and pick her up, and uh, he says, "Of course, I'm I'm on my way." And uh, we see that Nina. Um, has decided to leave her flat um, to leave um, Jamie's cello behind. She she even puts Jamie's cello in its in its case and props it up against one of the walls. Um, and the flat now looks as if it is very sparse and uh, devoid of. Uh, of life, and uh, we don't know if she intends to sell the flat and move on. Uh, but I think that's what's inferred. Um, but what's really inferred is that she is not only moving on with her life, but she's moving on from Jamie. And while Jamie and uh, his fellow ghost friends are all. Um, in Nina's flat, looking out the window, um, they they see her uh, embrace Mark and kiss him, and this all comes um, after a conversation that one of the the ghosts has with Jamie when uh, um, Nina leaves her apartment to go and meet up with Mark uh, just before the, the last scene of the film uh, before Mark comes to see her to pick her up and one of the ghosts asks Jamie well and Jamie responds I think so, yes uh, clearly underlining the fact that what he attempted to do um, to try and make Nina look at Jamie in such a way um, so that, the, that she would choose to move on from him um, to realise that he wasn't who she remembered him to be um, and to realise that she she wanted to she wanted to move on she wanted to have another life and that she had fell in love again uh, with Mark who is um, you know a wonderful a wonderful man who she could be happy with, and um, yeah, that's the end of the film. That the last shot of the film is uh, is Jamie and his ghost friends watching uh, Nina and Mark kiss one another outside Nina's uh, apartment, her flat, and then them driving away. Uh, and uh, hopefully on to a, a happy life together but um, yeah this film is so emotional such an emotional film for me and every time I've watched it um, it's it's yeah it brings me to tears um, because of the the fantastic acting the beautiful story 
um, the connection that Nina and Jamie have, just as you could definitely see that Juliet Stevenson, who plays Nina, and Alan Rickman, who plays Jamie, had with one another. Their friendship, their love for one another. And the fact that the character of Jamie returned to Nina in whichever way he did to convince her that she had to move on just as her family members and her friends have been urging her to do so that she could once again be happy um yeah watching that being portrayed in the film it was just uh it's just absolutely beautiful and it's a film that I I don't watch that often because it's so beautiful um, that you really don't want to watch it that often because it has such a power to it, um, such a spirit to it, and it is so sad, so hopeful though, so wonderful, tragic, but also optimistic and um oh it's just a uh, wonderful and the film was made for tv of course but um uh, since it was released um it has garnered a uh, a a swath of uh, fans of it me included um and i really cannot say more um cannot say more amazing things about it because it's it's it stands on its own the everything about it the music the direction the cinematography the characters uh, are just um wonderful and uh yeah it's um uh, it, it's it's a film that means a lot to me. There are some films that I I look at, some films that I think about, and I don't even need to watch them because I know them so well, and they mean something to me in a very profound way. I feel like I have a connection with certain films and certain stories and certain characters, and um. I definitely have a connection to this film, truly, madly, deeply, um, and it there's a connection with, of course, Savage Garden's songs, truly, madly, deeply, which I had been a fan of um, for years before I even watched the film, um, and in fact, the I hear I heard that the uh, the band truly the band. Savage Garden actually got the title for their song "Truly Madly Deeply" after um, uh, after they watched this film, this 1990 film, and uh, they decided to call their song "Truly Madly Deeply," which is another great um, uh, depiction, wonderful song about love. Um, and this film, "Truly Madly Deeply," is a wonderful depiction and wonderful film about about love about relationships and about about letting go as well um about how much people can mean to us 
and that over time we lose people who mean more to us than we can ever say and the hard thing that we have to do when all is said and done is try and let them go and it's hard and we see this in in Nina in her grief this palpable grief that she she has and she shows and yeah it's um such an incredible film um that I could talk about all day long um but it's a film that uh it's not that easy to watch as well actually because and not that it's not a great film it's that it's not as accessible to a lot of people um fortunately I have it on DVD um and I went to great pains to to find it on DVD um so if you're lucky enough to be able to watch Truly Madly Deeply on TV or on a streaming service or maybe even see it um on DVD somewhere and it's affordable then um I would definitely suggest that you pick it up check it out and watch it and I guarantee that you will be moved by it just as I have been uh, in all the subsequent times that I've watched it since I first watched it and um, I just uh, I just think it's it's incredible incredible film that um, has stood the test of time and um, is an incredible depiction of two people who love one another and how sometimes love can transcend death um, and what love means um, to, to people and uh, how the memory of certain people can live on uh, for a great deal of time after they've passed on um, yeah, apparently the, the, the working title for the film was Cello, um, which is not only a reference to the cello within the film that was played by Jamie, but also to the Italian word cello, uh, which means heaven. Uh, and I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful, uh, bit of trivia, actually because it's uh, it's such a uh, a spiritually charged transcendent film um, in, and I just love the way I love the fact that Jamie came back not not to not to stop Nina from being with someone else but to want her to be with someone else because he didn't want her to grieve for him forever and he didn't want her to live alone and I think that's a beautiful thing and uh, yeah it's a beautiful film so like I say if you ever get the chance to watch Trudy Madly Deeply definitely take that opportunity and uh, you can thank me later but yeah I think I'm going to leave it there for now um, I just want to say thank you for listening I hope you like what you heard, and I'll talk to you again soon.
If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, a book form, uh, and go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences. Um, and there'll be more to come. And uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to... Uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to patreon and searching for mark the poet and uh your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated um but uh, as i was saying i hope you liked what you heard in this uh, episode um and i'll talk to you again soon